0: Welcome again to the Vantage Performance Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby, and this is our fourth episode looking at thriving in uncertainty. Now, we've spoken to Michael Fingland, the Vantage Performance CEO, about getting the basics right, uh, the need for a clear strategy when you're launching a turnaround, and how to manage your capital effectively. Now, of course, historically, capital was all about equipment or things, not living, breathing human beings. But I guess, uh, Michael, in reality, uh, in many cases, it's the most important part of capital you have in your business.
1: Yeah, they certainly are, Phil. Staff are critical in, in, with every business, but particularly uh, during a period of crisis or yeah. underperformance or even a turnaround phase.
0: Harder to manage uh, the machines, of course. I mean, machines are uh, far more predictable. <laughs> I guess that that is the issue. You've got to understand how to... Because you're dealing with, uh, you know, a, a, a very diverse group of people normally, and to, trying to bring them all together, I guess, is the biggest challenge.
1: It is. And at the end of the day, every staff member has a very simple uh, desire uh, with work one is to you know enjoy and get along with your colleagues etc but they all have a fundamental concern about job security yeah. so communication you know we've talked about that in the past but particularly during a, a period of uncertainty with a business communication has to be ramped up and be clearer concise um, and and you need to include uh, staff in Um, In in what's going on? What happens?
0: What what happens if you've got detractors though? People who who sort of like are are not getting with the program. Do you try and turn them around, or do you just block them out?
1: Two, two, two ways to answer that, or two parts of that that question. First is there are detractors that you can't turn around, mm. and they are people who, no matter what you try and do, you will waste your energy on them trying to to get them to be supportive of the business. So really, it's about encouraging them to work out do they really want to be here or not, um, and encouraging them to move on if if this is not a business that they are genuinely wanting to wanting to uh, support. Right. Um, but but there are a lot of uh, people who who may appear is to attract this, but they're just nervous and and they're making noise because they're uncertain. And that's where a, a, a well-developed and, and you know uh, uh, timely executed communication plan will will turn those uh, nervous people into supporters.
0: I'm wondering, is there a third type where they actually might have a point? You know, they might be saying, oh, look, it's not going to work this way. Uh, listen to me because I've got a, a better idea.
1: Yeah, the, the, the best... Um, Advice we, you know you can give a management team when they 're about to embark upon some major restructuring, whether it 's looking at their manufacturing operations, their supply chain, uh, you know, whole of business brand, incorporate your staff, do some staff surveys, you know set up a a, 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 a staff committee or uh, an employee committee to really understand what 's going on in the business and, and use that as a, as a vehicle to actually get some good ideas and thoughts from from the workforce because yeah in 20 years of doing this, some of the best initiatives have actually come from the floor.
0: Right, okay. So yeah, so some of those detractors if you got to them early, they might be the, the, the reason for them being a detractor might have been because they just feel like they weren't being listened to in the first place. So if you address that, mm. then that issue goes away, I guess. And, Definitely. And then you talk about a communication plan, so is that sort of like saying, well this is where we're going, this is why we're going, and then does it get down to defining uh, roles as well? Because I guess people's people's functions in the organisation, you're talking about mm. something which is fairly short term uh, so jobs are going to change for a little while, aren't they?
1: Um, they, they may do, but um, yeah. Uh, quite often we come into situations where clear roles responsibilities uh, are not clear across the organisation. So there needs to be a, a piece of work done to to get that clarity and communicate that across the team. Uh, that, that, that's often very critical.
0: And the idea of having some sort of incentives as well, because, I mean, you know, this might be a period of time where everyone's got to work that little bit harder to try and uh, get over the hump, and some sort of reward, I guess, makes sense.
1: It And every, to, to a degree, and every job's different. I mean, the, part of the communication plan is really understanding uh, the, the issues that the business is facing, um, what the, the plans are to address it, the role that the staff can play in... in um, Uh, being part of the the strategy formulation or at least uh, in in the execution phase and and showing that the staff actually have a critical part to play in successfully navigating the business through. And uh, often what we find is monetary rewards are actually not what they're after. They just want to be included and have a part to play and they will work their... their, um, you know, dare airs off to to deliver a better outcome. Because at the end of the day, in most businesses, they love being there. Um, they just want to feel that they they can contribute, um, and often they can contribute significantly if they're given the encouragement and the scope and the space. Um, uh, but on, on occasion, you, you may look at a a broader reward system. And every every industry and every type of business is different, so you need to tailor it to to the situation. But sometimes, you know, there are other rewards that are much much um, more powerful than monetary rewards
0: so uh you talked about uncertainty um and the the nasty word restructure uh which gets used in circumstances like this everyone thinks oh my goodness there's a restructure going on uh and often uh you know that's getting rid of uh getting rid of layers within uh within Mm. an organization that's the sort of thing that does make people nervous doesn't it because they they read restructure they think massive layoffs
1: it it does but the critical part to any any headcount restructure is is not to do three or four rounds try and do one two at, at the most yeah. but the biggest uh, mistake management teams make is they do one then do another one and realize they didn't cut for, far enough so they do another one um, and redundancies in view are always the last resort you should look at you know four day work weeks nine day fortnights um, you
0: know
1: um, other other you know yeah. ways to to reduce
0: and retraining uh, i guess as well <laughs> retraining and
1: redeploying people into other areas of the business Listen, my,
0: my brother in the uk he's uh, working a nine-day fortnight it was his, mm. his company boarded on because of the global financial crisis they haven't mm. i guess the crisis is still going on so everyone's still mm. on nine-day fortnights he absolutely loves it and he's actually yep. you know is happy to take the pay cut uh, yep. to get you know to have a little less stress in his life
1: exactly and and it actually turns into a benefit not not a a burden and uh and as you say <laughs> it can be difficult to uh, to win them back into a full time uh, you know 10 day 10 day fortnight but but looking at those sort of um, initiatives before going to complete headcount reduction um you know, initiatives and sometimes uh, you know you might have outsourced a key part of your business uh, in years gone by and and actually bringing that function back in house uh, might prevent you from making you know redundancy um uh, redundancies in the business, um, which obviously has a cultural impact as well.
0: Yeah, I, I I talked about you know getting rid of layers within an organisation. I think that, that's often the case, isn't it? That companies have grown over time and they've got uh, uh, sort of many many tiers of of management, and uh, I know often that's the case as part of a restructure. As to how how can we flatten the company? I remember my uh, in, when I was very young talking to my my father in one of my early jobs and saying, Hey, look, I'm I'm fourth from the top. In this organization, mm-hmm. and, and my dad said, Well, in most sensible organizations, if you're fourth from the top, you should be cleaning the toilets. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it really is a case, isn't it, that you can have too much of a hierarchy? And I get, but I guess it's, I mean, that that is a massive organizational undertaking to try and get rid of a, a layer within an organization because um, you're redefining so many roles. It can be,
1: but, but often it it, there are so many other benefits to delayering. I mean, it, we're talking about here where there's unnecessary layers, yeah. and and often you have a situation where there's unnecessary layers that have been put in place um, in, in years gone by because people are empire building, and that actually ends up in a situation where communication then is much harder to get across the group. So by uh, delayering an organisation, yes, it takes some careful planning and management, but you have a much easier pathway then to to get the communication plan working, because you've got less layers and less filters. Uh, between the the, the CEO and, and the ground floor,
0: right. So some of this is relatively easy, but when you start looking at, um, I mean, you know, not trying to denigrate the work you do, <laughs> uh, but when you look at the the cult, you know, the culture word, trying to change the culture mm. Mm. of an organisation, I mean, that is hard, isn't it? Because that's very often that's the intrinsic thing that caused the problem in the first place.
1: It can be, and usually you can draw a line back to three or four years ago, uh, before the rot set in, uh, that there were some decisions taken or or policies made that, that started impacting on culture. So you need to go back to root cause, understand what was really driving uh, the changes in behaviour that have turned up in terms of low productivity and high high staff turnover, things like that, and um, then start developing strategies to address that, that root cause. Uh, it's not a quick fix. You know, changing cultures in organisations can take... You know, one to two years, but you do go through phases of significant change uh, and significant improvement, and it's important that you keep building on on that momentum. Uh, and as I said, it's not a quick fix, but you need to have a culture transformation
0: yeah.
1: uh, plan in place for most most turnarounds or restructures. Um, to make sure that motivation uh, continues all the way through.
0: And how does that manifest itself? Because the people who are working for the company, I mean, they're not going to change. I mean, you are are who you are. So how, I mean, and you presumably want to keep most of them in the organization. So if they're not changing, how is the organization changing? How is it manifesting itself?
1: Yeah, well, the, the critical bit is to understand why they're frustrated. Because the culture in any organization is low because they're frustrated. And it's because they don't. Know their place in the business. It's because they don't get any communication. It might be because they're significantly unhappy with some decisions that were taken by management that might have been uh, they might have had merit, but because they were poorly communicated, the staff took the message the wrong way and and thought they were being punished. So, um, you know, in, in our experience, as long as you have a clearly communicated strategy for the business and then that is cascaded down into the business as to what it means for the staff members. In- involve them in the process so they can genuinely feel that they can make a difference. Yeah. And that's what most staff want to do. They-, they want to make a difference. They don't just want to turn up to work for eight hours a day and just you know, punch out um, you know, items on a manufacturing line. They actually want to make a difference. Yeah. Um, so you know, the key to any cultural transformation project is identifying how the staff can make a difference, encouraging them to make a difference, um, and-, and don't make it artificial. Right. Um, yeah you know, make it genuine and and often setting up as i said before a, a, an employee consultative committee is a key uh, demonstrator of management's willingness to actually let staff have a you know have a have a role to play um, yeah. and those management teams that do um, end up with a much stronger culture, a much more inclusive workforce and therefore a more
0: productive one. Yeah, they're going to work their derriere off, I believe is the expression you used uh, earlier <laughs> on. So uh, who's, going to, who's going to drive this activity then, the, uh, the, actual, uh, the actual program of activity? Does this fall into, uh, is, is this, this driven by the HR team? I don't want to be dismissive of HR teams, but mm. you know, many organisations, they may actually have been the root cause of the problem. So how do you, how do you choose where in the organisation this, this, you know, the, the responsibility to fix all this sits? It needs
1: to be driven from the CEO. No. The CEO has to be seen to to, to take ownership of this, um, and to be incredibly important for him or her. Now, the HR manager, director, um, or even a you know a specialist consultant that might come in and help them devise a, a cultural culture transformation project, they are all tools. Um, but the CEO has to be the face of it, and has to be seen to be the driver of it. Otherwise, the staff will see it, see it as another 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 HR initiative that. That won't go anywhere because, you know, um, it's not supported from the top. So yeah, it has to button. be led from the top yeah. and, and communicated from the top.
0: Right. Wise words, as always, Michael Fingland. Uh, appreciate the time. Thanks for talking to us today. Cheers, Phil.